When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everyone. It's Forest Focus. Not on Forest take on Manchester United in the FA Cup fifth round tomorrow night. We'll preview that game in full, discuss Everton's points deduction reduction and ask if Brentford are now in real trouble too after their defeat to West Ham in the company of, first of all, Emily Anderson. Emily, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Very well, thanks. Are you okay? Yes, not too bad. Not too bad at all. Good to have you with us. And our second guest today is Mikey Clark. Mikey, how are you doing? I'm all right, Matt. Are you good? Uh, not too bad at all. Not too bad at all. Uh, if people in the comments let us know, if sometimes the volume's a bit up and down. So if someone's louder than someone else, drop it in and I can adjust accordingly. I say that because Mikey sounded really loud there, so I might just lower his volume. Right. Um, Manchester United tomorrow night. Familiar foes, Emily. We've played them. Uh, oh, gosh. Is this the sixth meeting now between the team, even the seventh since promotion? So we know them well. How are you feeling about the game? I feel okay because I don't care if we win or lose, really, because I, I really currently care about getting three points in the Premier League. So if we continue in the FA Cup, that's fantastic. Um, and, you know, it'll be a great night um, under the lights at the city ground. And, you know, we managed to do one over on them last time when we beat them 2-1. And hopefully if the same sort of Man United team come out again, um, I think we, we, we could possibly uh, get one over of them. And they've, they've got their problems just like we have. Um, I know Rasmus Hoyland's been such a huge influence recently. It took a while to warm up to the Premier League, but now that it looks like he's out injured, isn't he? So I think that really helps because against Fulham the, at the weekend, they just seemed all at sea without him. I just don't think they knew what they were doing. Um, so I, I go into the match hoping to enjoy a good night of football, but I won't be crying if if we end up losing. No, no, me neither. Me neither. Uh, just a quick thank you to Mad Genie McGenny. I'm not sure how you say it for becoming a member. Appreciate that. Uh, as long as it's not Mad Billy. Uh, who else was like? Oh, yeah. The other day, um, Paul Beckson, Lee, Leo Beecroft, and Tim Robson also signed up uh, overnight, which I really appreciate uh, the support as well for those guys. And a few quick good mornings as well. Uh, who should we say hello mm-hmm. to? Uh, Greg Orham's here. It's normal. Uh, Marcus Gregg. Gavin Miss taking his daughter to the game for the first time in three years. James Mercer, Damon, uh, Paul Robertson in Norway, uh, Alex Farron, Steve Sully, Darren Hallam, etc., etc. Good to have you all with us. How are you feeling about the game, Mikey? Yeah, right. I guess the pressure's off, isn't it? A little bit like uh, what Emily said. Um, Saturday is absolutely huge, um, as is the remaining of our league fixtures. But this this is a great opportunity for us to progress to the next round of the cup. So anybody that watched match of the day or been watching Man U um, 
the last few weeks and months know that they are fallible and beatable, as we proved in the league. So I just think we can go with the pressure off, maybe make one or two changes, see a few that haven't had a chance to impress yet. I'm sure we'll talk about team selection in a bit. Um, but yeah, feeling really, really relaxed. It's just it's just a great opportunity and it will be a great night. It looks like it's pretty much sold out, isn't it? So another great night under the lights. I know like, um, I think they're fifth or sixth in the league. I haven't actually looked at that end of the table for a while, Emily, but I don't know. I don't want to get ahead of myself. It feels like they're not as good as Aston Villa and those other teams. Um, like there was this interesting video last night on Sky where they examined their midfield with huge open spaces, which we exploited at the city ground, and they don't seem to have remedied it, remedied it as well. You referenced Rasmus Hoyland being out, mm. Luke Shaw's out as well. Yeah. I mean, do we just have to go into the game with kind of confidence and try and exploit their weaknesses as much as we can and be positive? Definitely. I mean, you know, you, you referenced uh, they don't seem as good as Villa. I think Villa are just a, a well-oiled machine currently and Man United are going through a bit of a sticky um, patch and they're, they're not having much luck with injuries at all. But yeah, we exploit that midfield area where they are leaving gaps like we did at the city ground. Um, and, and I guess our players with pace could really, really exploit that. And, and let's just go for it and just see what we can get out of the game. Obviously, we don't want to embarrass ourselves and end up leaving ourselves defensively in trouble like we did against Villa. Um, but it feels like, it's such a cliche, but this is a good time to play Man United in the FA Cup. They're not at full strength. They're clearly not firing on all cylinders. For whatever reason, Marcus Rashford has just gone off the boil again. Um, and, and they appear to have a, a bit of a makeshift squad at the moment with, with those injuries. And Luke Shaw's so influential for them at the back. They're missing him as well. Um, and yeah, that, that midfield area could be where we win our key battles. It's where we lost the battles against Villa, unfortunately. But maybe this is our chance our chance to make up for those mistakes we made at the weekend. Yeah, you're right. I mean, um, uh, Victor, what's his name? Lindelof has been playing left back as well, hasn't he? We saw, you know, for us, a centre-back playing a left back doesn't necessarily work. I suppose mm -hmm. my United fans would be looking at us and say, well, actually, they're left, they've got left-back problems. They can't have a set on midfield. They've got a different defensive pairing every week. It feels like a battle of two teams with weaknesses. Obviously, they're higher in the league than us, so they'll be favourites. But does it come down to who makes the fewest mistakes, in a sense? Honestly, yeah. It's such an interesting game, isn't it? You know, I mentioned on the post-match stream on Saturday, sometimes, in fact, most of the time, you don't know what Forest are going to turn up. And it's the same with Manchester United as well. You know, if the Man U team turns up that turned over Villa at home at their place a few weeks ago, and, and produced an incredible second half performance, then we might be in a bit of trouble. But if, if it's a team that's been stinking the place out away from home most of the weeks during this season, then we've got a chance. But it's the same with Forest. I think mm. the, the pattern will be determined in the first five or ten minutes, like it always is. Like Emily and I are going to the game together. I'm pretty sure, Emily, before eight o'clock, we'll have the conversation and we'll have a guess at the score because we'll know which man you've turned up and which Forest yeah. turned up. Um, but that, that kind of makes it all the more intriguing, doesn't it? You, you, it could be 2-0, 3-0 for us, so it could be the opposite one. You, you genuinely don't know. So um, it's a cup tie, isn't it? Anything can happen. It's going to be settled on the night as well, which is good. I like that. That, that you know, avoids any additional fixtures for us in the running. And, um, you know, they'll be they'll be desperate to to win probably their only trophy they can they can get this season. Um, so it's, it's all it's all built for a really intriguing Night at the City Ground, I just noticed people from the USA and Qatar watching as well, Mike. You've got a worldwide audience. It's amazing. 
We do, we do. Good morning to those people. Thanks for being with us. Um, I think there was a lot of uh, uproar, Emily, at the time around ticket prices mm. and the games on BBC. Um, mm. So it's televised. But I had a quick look beforehand on the ticket website and there's barely any tickets left, literally a few in one block of the Peter Taylor stand. Um, so are you hoping it's basically sold out? Are you still hoping there'll be a good atmosphere and that that might be a factor? Because it was a factor, I think, in the win we had against them in the league uh, just before Christmas or just after. Yeah, yeah. The game um, just after Christmas was in the in-between a bit, wasn't it? Yeah, great atmosphere. And again, it was an evening game, wasn't it? Uh, sorry, tea time kickoff, um, which was which was great. And I guess what we found with the FA Cup games is a lot of the people that don't normally get to go to the city ground in the Premier League might be there. So maybe some younger younger fans and I know the ticket prices caused a bit of a, a bit of an issue didn't it because they've um, been ramped up slightly by Forest um, but it hasn't seemed to have put people off we're a well-supported team it doesn't surprise me at all that um, it's it's near on sold out on Wednesday um, so yeah I just I just hope we can get behind the team I'm sure we I'm sure we will um, and just remember that we can score goals now. So even if we go one nil down, we mustn't panic. Just know that we've we've got a goal in us. And just I, I apologise to Mikey in advance because we're sat next to each other on Wednesday, aren't we, Mikey? So I'm not the best person to sit and watch football with. I'll just say that. Mikey's not either. Don't worry. <laughs> we can irritate. We can irritate each other. Then that's great. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, Mikey's good to watch football with, don't worry. Uh, the, the game I watched next time next was the Luton game, so uh, anyone would have been uh, tearing their hair out uh, after the, you know, by the end of that one, certainly. Uh, hello to uh, Upinda as well in Mumbai. We really are worldwide today, wow. so that's great. And thank you to Paul Morley for becoming uh, a member as well. Appreciate the support, Paul. Uh, let's just take a quick word for our sponsors as well while we're here uh, before we get into our team lineups. Thanks as ever to the Trent Navigation, obviously the game, is on uh, it's on TV, so you can watch it on the big screen or inside the pub if you don't have a ticket. Uh, and obviously, pre-match, there's the barbecue uh, uh, on offer and uh, cascales in the bars inside and out. And I'll play the Matt Ford uh, plug for how good the nav is. So we'll see you in 33 seconds. And not just um, great beers, but immaculate inside. Cobs on the bar. What more do you want? I, I would say it was well-priced as well. And then, obviously, as you know, the big shed outside and what they've done on match days is phenomenal. That's become... When I first started going, you know, as a kid, I never really heard of the Trent Nav as, like, a, a big place to go. And then the last few years, it's really grown in stature as a pre, pre-match pre place to go. I love it. And I love the fact that it's on the way to the ground. And I just love everything they've done with it. It's great. You don't get cobs on the bar anymore in pubs, do you? I don't yeah. think. No. Uh, oh, thank you to Ed Bradbury for becoming a member as well. Right, let's get back to the football chat and talk about our lineups for the game. They're broadly similar, but there are a few subtle differences to each of them. So we shall start with. Uh, I was going to start with Emily's, but it's not there. <laughs> I'll, add that. I'll add Emily's into the studio. We'll start with Mikey's and then I'll put Emily's in. So I'll read this out as ever, and then Mikey can talk us through it briefly. Uh, Matt Sells in goal, Montiel returning at right back, Nia Kate and Murillo uh, in central defence with Harry Toffolo left back, Danilo and Dominguez in midfield, and then three in behind, Divock Origi being uh, Anthony Alanga, Gio Reyna, and then Callum Hudson-Odoi. Uh, Mikey, just talk us through your thinking there. Right, so this might cause a bit of debate, this team, but my thinking is around the team 
that, that I would like to see on Saturday against Liverpool. And the spine of that team would include Felipe, Williams, Ryan Yates, Gibbs White and Tywell. Therefore, none of those five make my starting lineup because there's a potential that this goes to, to extra time as well. And I want our spine to be basically the five players that have really made a difference in recent weeks, in my view. So the good thing is, the, I guess the drop-off that we saw last season between our first 11 and maybe our second 11 was, was quite stark. It's not so much, I, I don't think, this season. So this team that I've picked still looks like a team very, very much capable of winning the game. So I brought Montiel back in because I think he needs the minutes. Um, I think Niakate should play, but at centre-back, not at left-back. Toffolo returns. And then I guess the big the big uh, decision that I had to make was around Gio Reyna. And I can't remember who said it, but on, on a previous episode you had, Matt, and they were talking about the financial package that must have been um, on the table for Gio to move here. Um, there's not that many games left. He's barely kicked a ball. If he's not going to start in this game, what game is he, is going, is he going to start in, is what I would say. And it's a great opportunity to see what he can do. You could always bring Morgan on a bit later in the game if you need to. Um, but this is the game, I think, that we, that, you know, it's ideal for him to showcase his talents, especially because of what you were saying, Matt, around the spaces they leave between their defence and their midfield. Um, he's going to get a bit of time to get his head up and pass and run and create, and it might kickstart his fledgling forest career. So I'd love to see him given a chance and a run out. Um, and then Dibok, I think, has done okay last couple of games. And I wouldn't risk Tywo if, if we're wrapping him up in cotton wool, which it sounds like we are. I, I really want to see him on Saturday. He was the difference maker against Liverpool last season, and he mm. could be again. Mm. And I don't want to see him pick up any sort of niggle or injury or setting back at all. So potentially have him on the bench, but if it was me, I'd just tell him to stay at home. Mm. Um, so that's the team I go with. I still think it's very, very capable of winning the game, and there still will be options on the bench if we want to change it. But I'd be comfortable seeing seeing that team um, start start game at 7.45 tomorrow. Yeah, I think Nuno will go go strong. Um, I mean, I'll ask you about one one or two quickly. No temptation to play Matt Turner in goal. I know sometimes clubs play cup keepers and league keepers. It's just, you know, it sells his shirt now all the way, I guess, isn't it? It is. And uh, it did cross my thinking a little bit. However, sells is still very, very new. To the team he's still getting used to to how we play and the guys in front of him and again great opportunities for him to, to play 90 minutes or 120 minutes in front of what could be pretty much the back of all give or take maybe Felipe or Williams um instead so of the two holders so it's just a good opportunity again for him to build up that familiarity um with the team and I think um I'd be surprised if Turner or um Black Odimos starts if I'm honest I think he it goes with sales until now until the end of the season. I think so. I think so. You're right. Yeah. Uh, thanks very much to uh, Steve Solly, who's been a supporter of the podcast going way back. Uh, uh, yeah, I think he used to say nice stuff when I wrote stuff for the post about ice hockey and cricket. So thank you, Steve. Uh, good job. Someone did. And also 69 Carter USM uh, also becoming a member. Appreciate the support from you guys very much. Uh, let's put your team up then, uh, Emily. Now I've uh, managed to add it in. As ever, I'll read it out. <coughs> so um, Matt Sells in goal, similar back four for yourself, but Nico Williams playing right back, Nia Kate, Murillo and Toflo. 
Uh, Ryan Yates comes into midfield alongside Dominguez. And then it's Elanga, Gio Reyna again as a 10, Hudson Adoy, and also Divock Origi uh, up front for you. Uh, just quick thoughts on that, and I'll maybe ask you about one or two names. Yeah, um, for me, I did originally put Turner in goal, thinking, oh, maybe he could um, have a little cup run. But actually, just as Mikey said, he needs, uh, Matt Sells needs that game time, doesn't he? He's still so new. And I think every every game he can play will hopefully improve his game. Um, I went for Nico Williams over Montiel, just because I think Nico's always so influential in every team. And I think he's got a lot in his engine. So I'm not too worried about him picking up an injury. I hope I haven't just... Um, Sealed his fate there to pick up an injury tomorrow night. And and Ryan Yates, again, just to give him some game time. I think Danilo um, was one for me that needed to be rested. And then I think Rayner and Origi speak for themselves, really, because for me, Morgan Gibbs-White and Ty both need to be 100% on it for Saturday's game against Liverpool. Um, and I think those front four still, even though it's not, not our best front four, could still cause Man United some problems, particularly in the midfield area. Centre back's interesting, I think, because like Mikey, I wouldn't play Felipe. Yeah. Uh, Nuno just—I well, should have said this earlier. Nuno uh, has confirmed that none of the Afcon trio, uh, Sangare, Bolly, or Olaena, are still uh, still out. They're all out for this game, and I don't yeah. think there's any return date for any of them. Uh, none given, anyway. Uh, and Nuno Tavares is out for I think four weeks. John Percy reported, so um, that's why we're having the left back discussion. But centre half, you could play Omar You could play Nia Kate. You've, uh, I think all three of us, three of us have got near Kate. How, how come no no Mbamadeli for you, Emily? It just didn't come into my thinking, if if I'm completely honest, um, because I, I know near Kate had a howler in the first half against Villa in the left back position, but he did all right, I think, in the second half. And um, I just think they're quite a good pairing, Marillo and near Kate. They, um, yeah, I, I just think Mbamadeli and Marillo are both too young and too inexperienced um, to work together. That's just my opinion. But equally, if Omobamadeli starts over Neocarte, then that's that's fine by me. It was really disappointing, actually, to see Murillo have a bit of a shocker on... Uh, was it Saturday we played? It was, wasn't it? It's the yeah, first time we've yeah. seen him sort of a little bit out of sorts, really. So, yeah, hopefully he can um, be back on it tomorrow night if he starts. Mm. Mm. I do wonder if one of the reasons Murillo had a shocker was because the left-back position was such a mess and mm. it just all cascaded from there. And then Felipe is exposed by runners. The midfield was wide open. It all just it all fell apart a bit in that first half. And I don't know if it was Murillo being totally off it or just everything around him being wrong. Yeah, maybe it was everything. I mean, it really annoyed me because as soon as you saw the team lineup and you saw that it obviously has to be near Carty at left back, I'm no football manager, but I was like, how is that going to work? That is not going to work. You saw that, you know, when the team news came out. But, you know, there's no point dwelling on it because it's done, isn't it? But, yeah, it was a total disaster half. Yeah, he was. I'm not saying Murillo was good. He was sloppy, like the first goal. Oh, my gosh, I've seen a replay of it again. Like, awful. And then he, another one where a ball goes just over his head. Um, I don't know if he's to blame for that or not. But we see teams can see goals where the ball goes just over Murillo's head and someone heads it in. Uh, Colin asks, if we win this, it delays the looting game. Is that what? Well, yeah, it does. Is that a good thing? Oh, we'll discuss that another day. But, yeah, it does delay the, the looting game. Um, and... Uh, it would give Manu a game against Sheffield United, I think, for FPL players. Uh, right, let's put my lineup up. Uh, it's pretty much the same, but I'll just read out. There's a few thoughts around it. Um, <coughs> Matt Sells in goal, uh, Montiel right back, Nia Kate and Murillo centre back. I've got Williams left back, 
because I just don't think Nuno rates uh, Harry Toffolo, and I wouldn't be, I would pick Harry Toffolo, but I think that's more of what I think might happen, uh, personally. Uh, Dominguez and Danilo midfield, uh, Elanga, Gibbs White, and then Gio Reyna playing from the left, and uh, Origi up front. So, um, someone said, should we give Taiwo minutes? Yeah, ideally, if we had Chris Wood as a backup, but I'm just so scared that he'll get injured that I don't want to rely on Origi although he did look bright and he maybe he benefits from minutes as the flip side of that. If he plays well in this game, then he's got a game against his old club, Liverpool, at least coming off the bench and does well in that. It could turn the tide a little for him. Uh, I would play Gibbs-White because he rips United apart uh, in the last game. And I also, Rayner, I would almost play him as a second 10 in that hole and just try and exploit it even more. Uh, just as a bit of an experiment, it's a cup game. And if it doesn't really work, I don't think it's the end of the world. I do feel like the Premier League takes precedence, even though we'd love to go further in the Cup. Uh, I've got Danilo in, but I like Mikey. I kind of wonder if Saturday's a Ryan Yates game, but this feels like a Danilo game because we need someone to feed the ball into Gibbs-White in space. And I think Danilo is better than that at Ryan Yates. And he's so up and down. I just feel like this could be a game where he plays really well. And then Liverpool, even if he plays well, I might take him out the side. Uh, and then similar thinking to the other guys around uh, the defence, uh, near Kate, I would play maybe just for confidence. He had that first half nightmare, but he's been a good player for us in other games. And uh, United have that kind of pace up front. They don't seem to have that physicality. So it, I don't see like, like against Liverpool, we're going to have to deal with Van Dijk at the back. I'm tempting fate here. Maybe Harry Maguire is going to bullet head of one in or something, but I feel mm. like we can get away without having a massive dominant centre half. So yeah, that's my thinking. A any thoughts from you guys before we move just on? Quick question from me. Um, I quite like your team. I think the team I picked was the team I would pick. I tend to think he, he might actually go for the team you've picked, Matt. So um, my, my thinking as well is when you were talking about Reina overloading those central areas, you've got a great point because didn't Dominguez do the same thing in the league game? Yeah, he played from the left Yeah, yeah and played as a second 10 almost, yeah. Yeah, I wonder if they're going to do that again. And Reina, obviously we didn't have Reina at that point in time. We do now. So yeah. I think you might you might have talked me into it. That that seems logical to me. Was that your thinking then? Just try and get two two players on the ball, almost running at their defence and feeding feeding Origi. Yeah. Yeah, and they leave space, don't they? Because Dallow will yeah. play and kind of push on, or sometimes he seems to invert. I don't really know what Man United's tactics are, frankly. They just seem to be a bit ad hoc, which we we have been as well. So mm -hmm. yeah, I think there might be spaces to exploit and like. Um, one of you guys was saying, uh, and Greg said yesterday, I think it was Mikey saying, you know, if Gio Rain is not going to start a game or he's going to start a game, it feels like it needs to be mm. now to have a look at him. Hudson had always been really good uh, and a great option off the bench, but we need a bit of squad depth, don't we? Like the Villa game showed, uh, we need those AFCON players back and we need Gio Reyna with some minutes and sharpness uh, in his legs. So, yeah. That was my thinking, certainly. Uh, yeah, and as people are saying, it goes straight to, and Mikey said as well, no replays and it goes straight to penalties mm. if needed. So that is uh, a good thing after the two replays we've already had. Uh, thank you very much to Chris Shaw for becoming a member as well. Uh, good to see so many people signing up today. Really good and uh, really grateful for that. Right, uh, just any final thoughts on the game quickly before we move on, Emily? Anything we've missed? Just my only worry with starting Morgan Gibbs-White is if, you know, like, in, was it the... Bristol game where he spent what was the Bristol game wasn't it where he spent the last 20 minutes or so Hopefully. basically w walking wounded and I just worry about his fitness because for me it will be a disaster if he picks up an injury tomorrow night and then we haven't got him against Liverpool 
Um, and also, if we've got Rayner and Gibbs White on on the pitch at the same time, who's who's on the bench? You know, who's who's coming on to to relieve them at seventy minutes, eighty minutes, how many of you? That's that's my only concern. Is you've got yeah. you know your two really creative players playing together, but it might work. And if it works, then you know what do I know? Yeah, Hudson Adoy, I guess, is your bench option. Yeah, I suppose, and, and yeah, Taiwo. Yeah. I mean, Taiwo is yeah. probably going to come on. You know, he's probably going to play in the game at some point. I can't see Origi playing ninety minutes, no. or maybe Alanga comes off, and he does seem like Origi playing wide. So uh, maybe he does some kind of uh, wizardry there. I don't know. No, no. We'll we'll wait and see. For me, in an ideal world, like Mikey said, I'd have Taiwo tucked up in bed at home watching it with a cup of cocoa because we've just got to keep him we've just got to keep him super happy and ready for Saturday don't we but yeah you're right he's he's got a feature in some some guys hasn't he I guess yeah uh, Tony, I don't uh, think Nuno operates that way either sorry Mikey no, no I was gonna I was gonna say um sorry Matt I was gonna say uh I'd say the other side of the argument my dad said to me the other day um is Tywo gonna be fit for the cup and I said he'd probably be fit but he, he won't start and he, he was like why why is he not starting? We yeah. need to play our best team. We need to win the cup. So there are, there are fans yeah. that think this is a great opportunity. Two, three games away from Wembley. So yeah. and Nuno does play strong teams. So I'm, I'm more with you, Emma. I think I would, I won't, I won't start Gibbs White. I won't start Felipe. I won't start Taiwo. Um, but I could kind of understand if he did because yeah. you know, let's just say we do get to another Man U. Let's say Man City lose tonight against Luton. Right? It probably won't happen. But let's just say it does. <laughs> Then you look who's left. You look who's left in the court. We can beat all of them. So, so, so there is an opportunity. So, I kind of get that too. But it'd be really interesting to see what he comes up with. I don't, I don't think your team will be far off, Matt. Actually, the one you mm. pick. Mm. Yeah, there's some interesting ties elsewhere. I mean, Liverpool v Southampton. Liverpool absolutely exhausted. Probably, mm. I wouldn't be shocked if Southampton won that. I wouldn't be shocked if Leeds beat Chelsea after Chelsea. Yeah, that's the one for me. I, I could, yeah. I. I watched Leeds the other night against Leicester and um, they are they're dangerous on the attack. They just turn it on like so quickly. So them against Chelsea could be really interesting. It'll be a good measure, I think, to see where Leeds are in terms mm. of their promotion hopes. But yeah, um, but that's that's for me the one that... Or, or, and Leicester could always do something over Bournemouth, couldn't they? So we'll see. When's, yeah, when's, they could. When's the Leeds-Chelsea game? Is that tonight or tomorrow? I've got a feeling it's tomorrow. Yeah. I was just thinking, let's just say they were both tonight. What, what, what would he change his team then? <laughs> Do you know what I'm <laughs> thinking? If we get through Man U, blimey, what an opportunity. Yeah, they, I've just got the Chelsea games tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I think there'll be shocks, yeah. yeah. Because yeah. Bournemouth, yeah. Um, I could see Le- Leicester, I think the, the managers said they're going to play the reserve, basically. There's a few chaps doing some work here, fixing a fence in our garden, and they're Leicester fans, and they were saying that they're going to make changes. So I, I've would probably back Bournemouth to win that one. I've heard, yeah, I've heard from my source who lives here that apparently nine changes for Maresca tomorrow night, but I think that's him trying to um, temper the fact that they might lose to Bournemouth. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, let's move Anywho, on. Sorry. Um, <laughs> talk um, uh, Everton and the Premier League table. Everton uh, had that 10-point deduction, now reduced to six points on appeal. Uh, I'll just put the Premier League table up, actually, and we'll talk around around that in general and get the guys take on it. But uh, it shows, for those who are listening, not watching, Forest slip uh, a place to 17th now on 24 points. Four points ahead of Bournemouth, who've got that game in hand in 18th, and Everton go up to 15th. Brentford on the slide, and we'll come on to them. Uh, and they go. I put put it all the way up to Palace here, uh, who are 13th on 28 points. So only four points uh, mm. ahead of Forest 
with Burnley and Sheffield United in the distance. We shall come back to that table shortly, Mikey, but just in general, thoughts on that Everton um, points reprieve to an extent? Is um, it good for us? Is it bad for us? Or can we not read anything into it? I don't know whether it's intrinsically linked. I think there's a lot of comparisons being made um, to try and work out what, what we will get. And I think there's some clues in there. So I've not read all 70-odd pages of it, but I've read the snippets that have come out. And there's, there's clues around um, uh, what the independent panel was saying, that they saw a, a fair punishment. They were mentioning points rather than fines. Um, they were talking about Everton being open and transparent and the fact the Premier League didn't take, didn't believe them, basically. I think that's the way I read it. Um, and they weren't happy about that. So that's obviously impacted. Forest, by all accounts, have been very open and honest. Um, and have you know basically gone cap in hand, so you'd like to think that that kind of applies. My gut feel is it, it, it's not like apples and apples, but you are comparing the same ish. <laughs> so my gut feel is that we will get a points deduction, but it will be smaller than perhaps a lot of us feared. So then, once that's kind of in stone, we can then talk about how that kind of impacts us. But I think. You know, part of me didn't want them to get any points back because obviously it moves them above us. But then the logical side of my brain is thinking, actually, this might be good for us. Because if you read some of the wording, like I said, it does lend itself to think that maybe we, we, we might get a very harsh slap on the wrist or at least just a small points deduction. So we'll see. I mean, the, the case is being heard next week, isn't it? Back end of next week. And we should find out by April. But, you know, we, we've still got time to, to put the destiny in our own hands this 12, 13 games left. This this games that are winnable, you know, we can make this not even a conversation if we if we win the games that I believe that we can win and we will win. And it's just nervous, isn't it? It's just, it's the cloud that's hanging over everybody. Um and it and it and it does affect you. But what I find really interesting as well, Matt, is the Luton manager, uh, Rob Edwards, coming out and saying that throughout the whole season, they've just operated as if nobody's got any points deductions. So they've been operating, I don't know whether this is actually true. But he said they've been operating like Everton have had nothing, Forest got nothing, and they've they've had the bottom three mentality pretty much the whole entire season, and that might come to fruition. Almost, you, you don't know. So it, it's interesting that, that how you know how how will it affect players? Because I know they say it doesn't, and you focus on you know control the controllables, focus on what you can. But if it was me, it'd affect me. Like I'd be mm. thinking, you know, we could win these games, or I could give the performances of my life, and I could wake up in the morning and we could be in the bottom three. So it would have, because you're human beings, aren't you? Affection. I just want, I'd rather know than not know. But I don't think you can draw major comparisons, but if you can, it's probably a good thing for Forrest. Don't know whether you agree. That was my gut reaction when I saw it yesterday. It, it sets a lower tariff, which I hope would benefit Forrest. Um, I do think we'll get a points deduction because one of the things in the verdict was saying that fines aren't appropriate because basically paraphrasing uh, Premier League clubs can afford virtually any fine within reason. Mm. Uh, you know, we're not on an FFP charge because we're skins. It's because, you know, well, partly I think the rules are wrong, but we breach the rules that, the, that exist. So, yeah, I do think we'll get a points deduction, but I'm kind of optimistic it will be low enough to put it very much in our own hands. And it feels like Everton have got a second charge, so we'll see what happens there. But it feels a bit more increasingly like a shootout between us and Luton. And if we can't win that, then we deserve to go down, Frank, I would feel personally. What about you, Emily? 
Yeah, I feel much the same as you guys. I actually was quite happy when I saw that Everton had had some points back because it's, you know, short term, yes, they go above us in the table, but actually it could help us with regards to um, what, what we've said we've done. Although I know nothing about profit and sustainability and I'm by no means an expert. And my only worry is that they're two different charge sheets. So Forrest have done this, Everton have done that. So just because Everton have been given points back, it doesn't mean they're going to go less harsh on us but you know I hope I hope they don't I'm one of these people until I see it in writing this is what we're going to get this is this is where you're going to be at the end of the season I will not rest I'm still in that kind of and it's not like but I'm in that glass sort of half empty type camp worrying that the the points is what's going to take us down and that will just be so wounding but I, I hope not I hope not and like you say if if we can't beat um Luton to stay up then we probably deserve our place back in the championship. But hopefully yeah, that won't I happen. So. I think so. Um, uh, like Mikey said, our hearing is, um, I think, mid or early next next month, and we'll find out by mm. mid-April, and then we could appeal, and then we could find out after the season ends. So it's a nightmare, and we'll just wait and see what the next step is. One thing we do... What's happening there, Mikey? One team we do know about is um, Brentford. Uh, lost last night to 4-2 to West Ham, who in horrible form. Shout mm. out to Chris Aylmer, a uh, friend of the show who's on on Sunday from Forest all over. Uh, he was thrilled last night because he's got Jared Bowen in his FPL team and was messaging me very giddily. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. And obviously we want Brentford to keep losing games because we want them to get relegated. Or a lot of people want them to get relegated. I'll just put the league table back up again. It's funny, we were talking about Palace being the ones to watch. Suddenly it looks like Brentford now, Mikey. I they're in poor form. Mark was suggest not suggesting, but uh, Mark Southern was saying, "Oh, yeah, hopefully Ivan Tony checks out because he's going to get his move." Are we are we thinking Brentford might be dragged into this properly now? Maybe. Um, I suspect probably not though. When you've got Ivan Tony up front and he's he's, he's barely played all season, so he's hardly going to be tired. I think they'll be fine. What interests me more about Brentford is probably next season. So. That squad is a bit tired looking. You know, I watched them last night against um, uh, West Ham and they pretty much got the same team they had three, four or five years ago. And, and it looks it looks like it's been together maybe a season too long. So they probably want to freshen it up and they will, they will have to if Tony leaves and they'll have the finances to do it. But let's just say they don't and that squad stays together. It reminds me of the Tottenham squad that stayed together about 20 years and then she just went down the pad. Um, so if they... Come out of it this season, which I think they will. They'll have enough, I think. Um, next season, I think they'll really struggle. Although, obviously, Greg, who's, who's on this podcast, is convinced they're in, they're in major trouble. And I hope he's right, because their form their form isn't great, is it? Now, it's the same as Luton's. They've lost the last three, Sheffield. So, you know, they're trending in the wrong direction. Um, and that's, so that continues. But like I said a minute ago, it's all still in our own hands. You look at some of the fixtures we've got. I know the next couple of games are tough. But after that, you know, this Luton, this Burnley, this Sheffield United, this Palace, you can win all of them. So if, if you win all of them, you're fine. So it's, it's still in our own hands. I don't think it's panic stations just yet, but it is nice to see all the teams like Burnley struggling. Um, I think Brentford have committed signing a striker from Belgian football. He's basically Tony's replacement already. He's got a good record there. Uh, they have upcoming fixtures of Chelsea at home, Arsenal away, Burnley away, Man United home. Brighton home, Aston Villa away, and then they have uh, Sheffield United, Luton, Everton, Fulham, Bournemouth so to finish the season, and then Newcastle last day. So I do think they'll be all right, uh, personally. 
but it's interesting, Emily, that you you know, I was looking at in fact, I'll put this back up. One interesting point from this form table is absolutely no one is in any kind of no. form. That, you yeah. know, I think uh, last five games, no one's won more than one game, <laughs> excuse me, apart from Palace, and one of those was Burnley at home with 10 men. So they would expect to win that. So it, we're sat here, aren't we, saying, oh, you know, Forests are terrible defensively, but every podcast for every other club is probably saying similar stuff. And it, it it is still very much in our own hands, I think, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And that's the reason why all those teams find themselves at the bottom half of the table, because we don't have that consistency. Um, and am I right in saying Everton haven't won a Premier League game since mid-December? And, and that was against Burnley as well, yeah. Exactly. Um, and I, I watched the West Ham-Brentford game last night and they, they did seem out of sorts. And although Tony did, you know... He did play his part in the game. I think Mark Southerns might be right that maybe he is starting to think about that move. And actually, because I was thinking if Brentford are a sinking ship, he's obviously not going to stay on that ship, is he? Um, I just think we've, I've said this so many times, we've just got to focus on our own games and focus on what we're doing. Um, my heart would love for Luton and Forrest to both stay up, but I fear I fear it's it's one or two other of us. Um, and obviously I hope it's us over them. Um and just briefly talking about FPL, Matt, I got rid of Bowen about two weeks ago. So, of course, he's doing well. I also recently uh, bought in Tony. So hopefully I've put the kiss of death on him because I seem to do that to FPL players. So if there's anyone else, anyone wants me to put in my team just to scuffle them, I'm, I'm more than happy to do that. Hopefully, hopefully so. We should <laughs> yeah. be asking uh, asking Mrs. Clark for FPL advice, Mikey. Oh, she's absolutely smashing she's it. She's a moment. demon. She is. We're putting you to yeah. shame, Lindsay is. Um, is crazy, well, let's. Uh, I think that basically covers it. Uh, let's move on to any other business. Let me just check my notes. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Uh, anything for you, Emily, before we depart? No, I'm very looking forward to having a night out with Mikey tomorrow. I hope I survive. <laughs> <laughs> that's a low level of X baseline expectations. <laughs> but yeah, hopefully you do. And well, obviously, I uh, hope you guys enjoy the game. Mikey, oh, anything for you before we go? Yeah, no, it should be fun. Um, just two quick things. Just happy birthday to my mate, Bornsy. It was his birthday on Sundays. He's a regular contributor to this podcast. So happy birthday, mate. Um, and one more thing. I recommended a film a few weeks ago, which got absolutely panned. So I'm not going to do that. I'm going to recommend a series on Netflix. In fact, who? So uh, this one called uh, The Fall of the House of Usher, which is very good. Um, imagine succession, but they all start dying. So if you, if you like that sort of thing, you'll like it. Uh, and the other one is called Midnight Mass, which is like a, it's a mini series with a bit of a horror theme. And the last two episodes of that are absolutely bonkers. So get a glass of wine and watch that. But um, yeah, please watch that. Let me know if they were better than my film recommendation, which got panned. Very good. Very good. We watched, uh, well, I watched it for the third time last night, uh, June, because the second one's coming out in a couple of weeks. And um, my missus needed to <laughs> be reminded what happened in it. Liz. So, um, yeah, we watched that. I love that. It's a great film. So if anyone hasn't seen June, uh, see that before the second one comes out. A quick shout out as well uh, for Clacton Reds on Twitter. So that's at Thomas Cobb one. Uh, he is running the London Marathon for uh, the British Legion. Yeah. So uh, at Thomas Cobb one on Twitter, uh, if you want to donate to him and support a fellow red running the London Marathon, I said I would give him a shout out. Right. Uh, I think that covers everything. We are back tomorrow post-match with uh, Mark and Pete to review the game and then Thursday with Fletch and Greg uh, and then uh, Friday a Liverpool preview. can't remember who that is. And then Saturday uh, post-match with... Um, 
Mark and Chris. Yeah, so a busy week ahead. Uh, thanks very much for joining us as ever. Emily, thank you. Thanks very much. Uh, oh, yeah. Look, Greg, oh, what's the schedule for the rest of the week? There you go. And I'll put oh. it in writing as well, somewhere as well. Uh, Mikey, thank you very much. Cheers. Thanks, everyone. I enjoyed the comments today. Some really good discussions and questions and stuff on it and people from all over the world. And I used to live in Mumbai and it's an amazing city. So it's just mm. taking it back to when I used to live in India. But thanks, guys. Yes, comments were very interesting today. Enjoyed the debate as ever. Uh, yeah, have a good day, everyone. And we shall see you tomorrow. Sports Social Podcast Network.